Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 20 of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey and MBG in the studio today. Joy's off this week. We're doing a little podcast load management, so she should be back in the saddle with us next week. All right, Casey, before we get started, how was the vacation, man? It was awesome. I, I hated that we missed the show last week, but it was really cool to see a part of the country I'd never been to before. Uh, it was it was just a lot of fun to be with the wife, just the wife and I. It was really we actually like each other, which uh, you know. I <laughs> that's think, always I think a, that's we, a bonus, yeah, right? <laughs> I think we were unsure maybe at times uh, over the course of the last five years. You confirmed it, it was now. amazing. We did, we did confirm it. it. It was a lot of fun, but missed you guys to a lot of degree, no question. But glad to be back here again tonight. All right, so we are in right in the middle of conference tourney season. We're recording this on a Thursday afternoon, and we got the NCAA tourney kind of looming in the next you know week. So we'll start with Casey. How are you guys looking? I know you guys obviously have double buy in the ACC tournament. What's your forecast for the Tigers? <laughs> well, the pessimistic Clemson fan that I have become, I think, in basketball wise, says that they lose tonight to NC State, even though they kind of blew the doors off of them twice so i just think the 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 season kind of goes up in flames tonight and i don't think there's a shot unless clemson wins the acc tournament or at least gets to the semifinal, which would mean what two wins just one win i guess one win right one but i think the next one would be if the winner of virginia north carolina and i truly don't believe clemson has any answer for virginia and that's not just because you're here and we're buddies but that i i really just you guys are our kryptonite uh, no matter how good Clemson's playing. So it's going to take an act of God to get Clemson in the NCAA tournament. But, hey, I like Tuesday and Wednesday NIT games too. It's crazy, <laughs> though. I, I, the double bye, uh, the idea of a, you all getting a double bye and not making a tournament is wild to me, though. An ACC team that gets yeah. a double bye, which means a top four team. I know. Right. It's, it's weird. MBG, how about your boys, the Aggies? Well, as we speak, I'm here in Las Vegas, uh, ready to go watch them. We play tonight. I love conference tournament weekend. I love college football, but I don't think there's anything in college football that matches this, like this two-week span in college basketball of uh, conference tournaments followed by the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. I don't think there's anything that matches that weekend, at least for me. So I'm here. We probably need at least one win in the tournament to make the the NCAA tournament. So um, we need a big win tonight against New Mexico, and then we'll kind of see what happens from from there. But uh, we got to get at least one, I think, maybe two. And I I believe we can help you guys out a little bit, possibly tonight, you, right? You can. I mean, anything you can do to help us out. Uh, beating North Carolina might uh, kind of wipe them off the table in terms of bubble talk. So. The more bubbles get popped, the better for us. Yeah, this Carolina game is wild. We play them tonight, and they're playing much better. They're kind of doing what they did last year, right, where they were – I mean, they were more hit or miss this year during the regular season, but they're hitting their stride at the right time. And they handled us just, what, a week ago, week and a half ago. So, yeah, I'm interested to see 
how this game is going to go. I think if we play well, we'll beat them. The one wild card is Ben Vanderplas is possibly out. That's the rumor Ooh. going around on Twitter. No idea if that's true, but it's one of those things where like a smaller account tweeted it. And now, you know, in my text group of my college buddies, it's just <laughs> doom and you know, gloom. worst case scenario. Yes, it is a lot of doom and gloom going on. Well, he um, covers Baycott mostly, right? So. Yeah, I mean, basically, he's so he hasn't shot the ball well, but it gives us a big body and to throw fouls at Baycott. Well, he's a mis- um, he's a mismatch offensively, really, for Baycott too, because he can yeah. step outside. So, so does Hubert Davis save his job tonight? Because North Carolina fans have been calling for his head. I mean, listen, as a as a non UNC fan, I think the greatest thing that happened was them making that run last year because I don't he is not been a great coach, I don't think. But he bought himself some time last year, but apparently only a year if you right if you read the message boards. Yeah, they're done with it. He's Matt Doherty part dude, I guess. Oh yeah, the Doherty <laughs> regime. <laughs> Who was the guy before Doherty? Guthridge. Yes. He was a joy too. He yeah, was like was... 85 years old when he got the job. Wasn't he? <laughs> he, was, he waited around for a long time. Long time. Um, he was just being yeah, selected. So that's, that's right. That's right. All right. So I'm excited. Yeah. I, I, you guys are, we're all in kind of the same age group. Did you all, when you were like in high school, have the teachers who would wheel the TV in during like conference tourney time and the NCAA tournament let you watch some of it on the, on the TV? So I went to a school, a high school in New Jersey called Seton Hall Prep. Uh, you can imagine that Seton Hall University. So I was, I grew up a huge Big East fan, huge. Mm-hmm. I grew up to hate Jim Beheim. Literally, I think from the time I was three, I was told to say like I hate Jim Beheim, and my mom on the <laughs> other end said, you know, you can't hate anybody. Louis Carnesecca, Rolly Massimino, Rolly, you know, yeah, all, all John Thompson, PJ yep. Carlissimo, the names. Uh, it was it was great. So, yes, to answer your question short-windedly, most of my teachers in high school rolled in, especially for the early round Big East tournament. Yeah, the Big East was the real deal back then, man. Like with St. John's and Syracuse and Georgetown and Villanova. I mean, there were, there were some great, great teams back then. Yeah. What my about you, OBG? My dad would always take me to the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. So we would nice. go <laughs> Well, well they, they typically were in Salt Lake. So it wasn't, you know, like we were making some big, they were there in Salt Lake or Boise somewhere that was fairly easily, easy to drive to. So we would go pretty much every year to the first weekend. So I saw a lot of, uh, a lot of good players over that time. Uh, well, we you, yeah, you said you year. saw when uh, Sean Bradley took us out. Didn't you say you were at that game? That was like, oh, wow. I saw Sean Bradley. I saw Shaquille O'Neal with oh, LSU. I saw Florida State when they had Charlie Ward and Bobby Sura. Oh, Georgetown over Georgetown with Alonzo Mourning, all the old UNLV teams, North Carolina with J.R. Reed. I saw Loyola Marymount with Bo Kimball and Hank Gathers. Oh, man. man. I saw lots of fun games. It was fun. It was That's a lot cooler than getting to watch it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you win that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was always a good time. Good memories. That's why I think I like the NCAA tournament so much. Yeah, man, it's, it is my favorite time of the year sports-wise. It's just, you know, and it's it's just constant action. My my buddy, the degenerate doctor, is just throwing out betting tips like literally every five minutes in our group chat. So it's fun stuff, man. All right, so that'll bring us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, 
somebody who did something particularly ridiculous in the last week. We'll put it up to a Twitter vote and see who wins. Uh, two weeks ago, we had our fourth Twitter vote since we decided to uh, have Twitter determine the winner. And the people chose wisely as the catfishing Duke fan brought home 45% of the vote, followed by 21% for Joy's nominee, which was uh, Ohio State fans. So I, I think Joy and I are tied 2 2. So you guys are starting to get a little pressure on you here. Don't you know. <laughs> so Joy's, Joy's cheating and she's still only tied for first? Yeah. <laughs> she's not even here to defend herself. I just oh. want to point out that was MBG and not me who made the cheating <laughs> allegation <laughs> this time. <laughs> All right, Casey, who do you have this week? Well, I just want to go on record and say I don't like this Twitter vote thing. I'll just be honest. <laughs> yeah, you and I are faring so well, Casey. Right. MBG won the majority of it before we went out to the people, and then I won the occasional <laughs> one before we went out to the people. Now we're going out to the people, and I'm getting crushed, and, and MBG's getting crushed. Too. All right. To my genius of this week, I'm going out to I'm, – I'm going to my roots here. I'm going calling out all Dabo Sweeney haters. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard this, but Clemson unveiled a brand new, first of its kind, two-story facility for student-athlete branding and education. It's attached to the indoor practice facility and houses a video editing room, actually two photo studios, two video studios, an audio studio, and a conference room, all intended to provide on-site resources for student-athletes choosing to pursue sponsorship opportunities and content generation, a.k.a. NIL. So all those people out there that have said that Dabo Sweeney is against his players getting NIL, regardless of the players saying there's no one that actually cares more about them making their money on their name, image, and likeness outside of God's name, image, and likeness, as he said last year. Last the year. obligatory, right? God, God needs his, his uh, NIL deal, too. He just came up with this brand-new facility. It's got, it's got a couple people that have, are deep into it um, running the show, so... That man's a little smarter. So shout out to Dabo Sweeney haters out there. That's so when you, say, the week. when you say Dabo Sweeney haters, that includes Joy, right? So this is another Joy. Is she a hater? <laughs> MVG's going in, man. I like that. The, the lesson here is never be the one who's not don't, present. Don't miss the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so tough when no one's around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MVG's ready to throw down. <laughs> I'm writing down this note. Don't miss shows. <laughs> Don't be the one. All right, MBG, who do you have this week? Well, I've got one particular Texas Tech fan from inside the Red Raiders. This guy, his board name is CHM53567. And in case you didn't hear, it looks like Texas Tech parted ways with their head coach, Mark Adams, who was a longtime assistant under Chris Beard. It's quite a coaching story so, right there, by the way. <laughs> well, just wait till you hear this, because this Texas Tech fan has an idea. Um, he says, and his idea essentially is to bring back Chris Beard. He says, Beard can recruit better than ever, especially if partnered with Bible-thumping, spit-spewing Adams. If Texas Tech had guts, true innovative vision, they would retain Adams as, as associate head coach and hire Beard as head coach. It would be marketing, attention, recruiting, genius. Be brave, Texas Tech. What do we have to lose at this point? From here, it's possible. 
So he wants to retain Mark Adams as associate head coach and bring back Chris Beard. So, I mean, I'm not quite sure what to say, what more to say about that other than it's genius. It's marketing genius, certainly, to have both of those guys <laughs> on your staff, right? <laughs> true, true, innovative vision <laughs> to retain both of those guys. Yikes. I don't see that so one. That's my genius. <laughs> I don't see it either, especially given the news that he apparently is headed to Old Miss. I don't know. Right. Maybe that was, maybe that was just Old Miss kind of flown it out there to see what sort of reaction they'd get. But that's that's the news. But anyways, this Texas Tech fan is my genius of the week. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going back to the well. It worked so well a couple weeks ago. I'm going to stay with a the theme here. And this time I'm going with Duke's Twitter basketball Twitter account, their official account. A couple of days ago, they tweeted this. Shout out Coach Shire on a strong first regular season. 23 wins, Duke record for first-year head coach. Held 27 of 31 opponents below their scoring average, undefeated at home, and one quote, we consider this matter closed away from ACC co-champs. So we were just talking about how the ACC is down this year, right? So John Shire took a team of five stars to a fourth place finish in a down conference. <laughs> and that's considered a solid or a strong first regular season. And I just want to go on board as saying that if that's Duke's new measure of a strong season, I, I am count me in because I would love for them to be this team every single year. More importantly, let's dissect that last bullet point here. The <laughs> one, we consider this matter closed away from ACC co-champs. This is a reference, obviously, to the UVA Duke game from February 11th, by the way. And they're still complaining about one questionable call in that game. They got every call for 40 years. <laughs> they get one borderline call that goes against them. And even their official account is still crying a month later. They need to sack up and, and stop whining. So they're my genius of the week. That's more of a very genius of the week than a funny one, <laughs> but it pissed me off. <laughs> May I also point out that Joy is a Duke fan, so I think you're also <laughs> enlisting Joy as your genius of the week. You said it, MBG. I'm just She's you know. going to be so mad at me for not backing her up here without her. <laughs> Yeah, her, her autographed picture of John Shire, I believe, is right above <laughs> where she does the podcast from. So, uh, The lack of self-awareness on Duke people is just, is just amazing. I, I just, my mouth is agape at reading things like that. They just I just can't believe their get. official account tweeted that. Like, it, it was, you got a call against you. And by the way, the game went to overtime. And you got smoked in overtime. So... And they also well, didn't they lose to details. either Miami or NC State by like twenty five, right? So like, mm -hmm. there's more than that one call, but like it's crazy to me. Anyway, but I will say it's great because I've sent out more Duke basketball tweets in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I've tweeted way more about Duke than any than my own team, so I'm fully. Yeah, you've gone it. full in. I love it. I, I have. It's it's been very fruitful <laughs> so far. So. <laughs> All right, let's see. Oh, MBG, before we move on, did I see that you were in a, a Twitter thread with our man three-year letterman this week? Yeah, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I'm oh, not okay. sure how. I'm not sure how. We didn't have the show, um, but I'm not sure. I don't recall how I got in on this thread, but I wanted to read these tweets because it's hilarious. And 
you know, since we, we deal in message boards, um, this tweet here kind of fits into the show. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with Three Year Letterman, but he is one of America's greatest heroes <laughs> and, a and a defender of, of all that is American. And so he, he sent out this tweet about message boards and how important the uh, message boards are. And there was a response to one of his tweets that was hilarious. So his initial tweet was, he says, if you know what you're doing, there are many great ways to pick up women on Twitter. The ultimate power. <laughs> <laughs> That's if you know what you're doing, Casey. Right. That's right. And That's he right. clearly does. Right. Yes. <laughs> the ultimate power move for a college football fan is to tell her that you have inside recruiting information and to text you for it. Like fishing with dynamite before national signing day. <laughs> right? This guy's a gem. Oh my God. And so, so he tweets that out, and there was a response from a, an account at Brenna is right, and she said, "One of my friends had an affair with a guy that did this. She ended it when she found out he was wrong, though. I should also add that her husband encouraged her to have the affair so he could get the inside info too." <laughs> to which three-year Letterman responded. People will do anything to avoid paying for a 247 subscription, <laughs> but you better not miss with the inside info. <laughs> now, later on in that, in that tweet string, she, and again, I, I, don't, I don't know much about Brenda is right, but she insists that that is a true story. So this guy is essentially encouraging his wife uh, to cheat on him just so he can get inside recruiting info. That reminded me of that Texas post we had a while back where the guy was at the swingers party and <laughs> um, stumbled across some inside info. That's, we that's laughed at it. Sources, man. Yeah, so apparently that's commonplace. So which fan base would you guys guess? Because, I mean, Brenda definitely said this is true. Like, I saw the same uh, tweets that you did. She's like, no, this is not made up. <laughs> Who would you guys guess? It's got to be in the South. Southeast. It, I think it's a safe bet to say it's an SEC team. I'm right? seeing LSU start... just because Joy's not here. So <laughs> <laughs> that's probably good. I think you could limit it down to LSU, Alabama, Georgia, maybe Texas A&M. Yeah. I think your winners in that group probably. There's, yeah. there's a good bet. I would think so. I would take that group over the field. <laughs> You should be able to bet on stuff like this, right? That would be awesome. <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to probably, probably Alabama. If if you're going to put a gun to my head, I'm going to say Alabama. I'm trying to cheat that. and look at her tweets, but I, I can't. She tweets a I lot. I actually asked her which what school it was. I don't think she ever responded. So. so the funny thing about that was is people had sent me her tweet, but I couldn't read it because she had me blocked for whatever reason. <laughs> That's, so right. That's right. I think three-year Letterman had tagged me in it, and I said, "Hey, I, I bet it's hilarious, but I can't, I can't read it because she blocked me." And he said, "Well, just hold on, let me, let me see what I can do." And he somehow brokered a peace deal between me and Brenna is right, <laughs> and she unblocked me so I could see this tweet. I'm not sure why I was blocked in the first place, but three-year um, Letterman so, bringing people together, man. Really I was. I was telling my son about his account, three-year letter, anxiety, along with uh, MBG's account. It's my favorite account on Twitter by far. 
And then uh, I was just reading him some of the tweets. And then a few weeks later, his twin sister told me that um, he didn't tell me this. His sister told me that he had posted a uh, are you a proud American quiz and posted it on Google Classrooms for his for his classmates to take. And I swear, one of the questions was, who was the greatest pres American president? A, Ben Franklin, B, all the above. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Teach him, teach him young who's teaching. It young. was a very, very proud parenting moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we move on to this week's message board post, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. We also want to thank the folks at Saturday's Count. You can find their merch at saturdayscount.com. Remember, there's only so many Saturdays, make them count. And our friends at Saturday's Count are doing a little giveaway with the podcast here where the first person to go to their website and enter the promo code MBG after the podcast drops tomorrow will win a free t-shirt from the school of their choice. So here's on the podcast, go over there and try and get yourself a free shirt. All right, MBG, what do you have lined up for us this week? Well, here's my first post. It comes from a Georgia board, and it's from a poster named NASCAR Dog. And he says, the title of the post is, Who are the oldest and youngest opposing fans that you've barked at? He says, It's going to be hard for, hard to beat me. I once barked at a cousin's newborn the day after it was born because it was swaddled in an Auburn blanket. In the late 90s, I barked at a World, a World War I veteran who was, a, who was 102 but had ruined his dignity by wearing, wearing a Florida hat. <laughs> I was not allowed to visit my great aunt again at the nursing home. <laughs> I'm sorry, Fast so Chad. Going... I love you, Fast Chad, but this one may take the cake. The NASCAR love... dog? I love Georgia fans, man. I'm not going to lie. I, I, the barking, the whole thing. I, like, Danny Whistler done this, this Mississippi State with the cowbells, you know, annoying. The barking thing just kills me every single time. Yeah. Have I mean, either of you ever been barked at? I haven't ever been to a Georgia game. I need to put that on my list. I need to go get barked at. I was. Have you? I was in Athens for a Georgia-South Carolina game, and a friend of mine, when I lived in Greenville, South Carolina, was a South Carolina alum, so he got tickets, had no one to go with. Uh, it was either that or the dentist, so I chose to go to the game uh, with him, and I thought that was a lesser of two evils. I went with nothing, no team affiliation on at all. <laughs> I accidentally bumped into a dude pregame at, at, a, at a bar, uh, Beauregards, General Beauregards, and the guy literally turned. I said, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry." He turned around and just started barking. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious if it wasn't NASCAR dog. That is a hundred percent true story. That's Didn't awesome. say anything. Just turned around, looked me up and down, saw I had nothing. <laughs> I might have had a Yankee hat on or something, and just started barking. He just he saw no Georgia apparel and started barking. And I had no recourse. I could not figure out what to do. I didn't know where to go. I, I don't really think there's much you can do in that situation, right? I mean, tip, tip your cap and move. Right? You just keep it moving, man. <laughs> uh, I like the World War 
one World War One vet <laughs> who had been a veteran of World War One yet ruined his dignity uh, <laughs> in Florida. Just, yeah, that's one of the more but, brilliant posts that we've that we've had on here. Um, but I do need I do need to go to George game. If I go, I've got to wear the opposing team apparel just to experience uh, solicit the barking. Being and you, if you walk through their main area of tailgating, you will just—they'll just turn, look at you, and just bark. I—I'm—I'm I, I'm swear on everything holy. They just bark at you. I think it's awesome, man. I mean, I think I told you I went to an LSU game and had like a five-year-old run up to me and yell "tiger bait" in my face and then run away. But I'm—I'm I'm not sure that's quite as good as being barked at by a grown adult. Right. Right. Oh, they go eight to eighty with the barking. <laughs> Or zero to one hundred and two. Right? Yeah, no, nobody's immune. Nobody's Newborn, safe. World War One vet. Nobody. Nope. Thanks for nothing, World War One vet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you ruined it all by wearing that Florida hat. All right. Well, let's stay in the SEC. I got a couple more posts. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but the, there were some rumors going around about the SEC's new scheduling. Um, nothing. I don't think anything was ever confirmed, but it was just a rumor that SEC was going to go with this new scheduling model where everybody was going to have three built-in rivals, I guess you'd call it, three game, three teams that they played every single year. And so the rumor was that Alabama – Three teams were going to be Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee, which admittedly I think is a pretty tough, a pretty tough draw. Maybe one of the toughest in the SEC, but that didn't sit well with Alabama fans, who notoriously have a slogan that says "No excuses" in their locker room. <laughs> <laughs> but this didn't sit well. So there's a couple posts. The first one is by Butch Henry. He says, "Is it time?" The latest act of the conference office sticking it to Alabama, who has three national championship teams as rivals, while never making Georgia go to A&M, begs the question, is it time for Bama to go to the Big Ten? And another thing, I'm tired of Georgia being lauded as the greatest thing since sliced bread. They are a non-contact injury to a wide receiver and a shanked field goal from Kirby having no titles. And then that, another poster response to that, um, a guy named A1, he says, we've carried the water for this conference for almost 100 years now. <laughs> so if I'm Greg Byrne, who's the Alabama AD, I'm calling in a marker. If they don't listen, I'd absolutely threaten going to the Big Ten or independence. To be the only team stuck with three traditional league powers is absurd. So... Alabama's just going to move on over to the Big Ten because they don't like the way they're being treated in the SEC all of a sudden. This kind of goes along with – this is like the Duke basketball fan, right? That's right. I mean, mean, does any fan base have it worse than Bama football fans and Duke basketball fans? I mean, They're one and the same. Yeah. They're literally the same person. (laughs) You're going to make us play hard games? We're out of here. Right. Yeah. The Big Ten might let us play – Big Ten might let us get away playing Rutgers, Northwestern, and Purdue. There's a lot of excuses in here, right, for the No Excuses brand. I mean, there's – because even the excuses for for Kirby winning his two natties, right? They even have excuses lined up for those two things. So, it's like, yeah. yeah. An injury and a shank. Just means more. 
I'm sure, I'm sure Alabama's going independent, by the way. That that would work out really well for them. Yeah, that yeah, I could see that happening. I mean they'd get I'm, a sure, <laughs> I'm sure the Big Ten would uh, welcome them with open arms, however. Can you imagine them in the Big Ten? It would actually Seems be like a clash fun, right? of cultures. <laughs> right? It would time. be really fun. <laughs> There'd be excuses for days between them and Ohio State fans. Right. It'd, be, it'd be great for business. Neither of them would ever lose to the other somehow. <laughs> nope. All right. Let's move over to Texas. This was a funny post. I think I think this poster was maybe just misspoke a little bit, but I don't know. But it was funny. So they're in spring ball, and they're all excited about Arch Manning, and apparently – Sark has come out and said that there's a quarterback competition between Quinn Ewers and, and Arch Manning. And so this poster, Daily Fantasy Pro on Horns 247, saw a little bit of or saw some of Arch's highlights, I guess. He says, Arch has elite legs. All of the Mannings had elite legs. He has a great base and core. That's what makes him better than most. Elite legs. All of the Mannings had elite legs. Do you guys know any Mannings that had elite legs? Arch. I mean, Archie, right? I mean, I think he could scramble a little bit because the Saints were – I don't remember him at uh, at Ole Miss, but, you know, played for a lot of bad NFL teams. Could run around a little bit. But I don't recall (laughs) Eli and Peyton having wheels. Well, do you know what their career rushing stats were? (laughs) No, but I I want to. I was. I just looked it up. Peyton played for 17 seasons. Okay, you looked it up, Casey. So don't answer. But I won't how, answer. Many, how many rushing yards do you think Peyton had in 17 seasons? 17 seasons. I'm going to go with 950. Hmm? No. 431 yeah. attempts. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> so I'm still going to go with 950. <laughs> I don't know how many games he played. 17 seasons at a minimum. 16 games a season. Probably a lot more than that most seasons. Six hundred and sixty-seven yards. Oh, I was high. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> By three hundred, almost four hundred yards. I thought, you saying, I thought you were prompting me that I was way too low. <laughs> oh no, he averaged thirty-nine yards a season. Holy there were a couple seasons. A couple seasons where he averaged negative yards, or he had negative yards rushing total. In 2013, he had minus 31, and in 2014, minus 24. 2009, he had minus 13. So what about Eli? Eli played 16 seasons. So do you think he had more or less yards than his brother? So this is completely – like I had the sense that he was a little bit more athletic than Peyton, like not as good of an arm, but I felt like he ran a little more or a little better. Like Peyton, I remember even this one highlight. I don't know if you guys remember this, where he like they ran like a fake reverse bootleg for a touchdown, where he's like just you know waltzing into the end zone and he's like gimping in. You know it what I mean? Took like like tw- it took like twenty minutes for him. Yeah, to I was like, I can't believe he didn't get chased <laughs> down from behind on the goal line, right? But like. I felt like Eli could move around a little. I'm going to say more or less elite. I'm going to say more than Peyton. I'm going to say more. So you think Eli's legs were more elite than Peyton's? I think they were slightly slightly more elite than Peyton's legs. Yeah. 
Well, you would be wrong. <laughs> in 16 seasons, he had 567 yards rushing. Oh, my God. Okay. Average 35 yards a season. Seven total rushing touchdowns, 315 <laughs> attempts in 16 seasons. So he ran way less than Peyton even. Good Lord. I would not have guessed that. So they both both averaged, what, like two yards a carry? <laughs> Something like that? Not even. Not even. Eli, was less than, Eli was less with 315 carries and 567 yards. Oh, my God. I mean, so maybe this guy was just talking about Archie. I looked Archie up. He, he was much better. He had 13 seasons where he gained uh, twenty, almost 2,200 yards rushing. Still not. Yeah, Elite. he was running for his life. You're you're a little more motivated when you when you're you're playing for those Saints team. That's who he played for, right? The Saints. Back yeah, then? yeah, yeah. But this guy said all of the Mannings had elite legs. I mean, either he doesn't know what elite means, or he doesn't know what legs mean. I maybe plant leg. I don't know. Maybe he saw him with I, like just shorts on at the beach. I'm thinking he might have meant footwork. Maybe so can, you, can you look up a comp for me? Because I, I feel like, because I'm a Ravens fan, as you guys know, and I was Lamar Jackson? my buddies a while back about the Ravens all-time rushing list and that Joe Flacco is somewhere <laughs> in the top 10, I'm pretty sure. Because Flacco is immobile as hell. Does he, do you guys know if he's got more or fewer rushing yards in the Manning's? I would have to guess more. Because he was a lumbering dude. You know, like, because I saw him play every week, you know, when he was a starter. So, yeah, if, if he had more yards in the Mannings, then I guess he had super elite legs then, but. He had 862 yards. So he crushed the Mannings. He crushed him. He's, he, I mean, you see all those people who always questioned whether Joe Flacco was elite. And I don't right. know in terms of arm, I don't know if he was elite, but in terms of legs, he was absolutely elite. I mean, more elite. Than both Mannings. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a quarterback who would have been who would have had fewer yards, like you know, on a per season basis than those guys. I can't even think of I'm trying to think of the most or the least mobile <laughs> quarterback. Uh, you can't think of anybody. Least no, I really can't. I mean, Flacco was Flacco was who popped into my head. So Good maybe Lord. Dan Marino. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But he didn't have to. He didn't run. He didn't have to run the ball. I don't know. So he was too busy uh, not, not making the Super Bowl. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Hurts my heart. Well, that's because you know who, who MBG's guy is. So I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's give the Mannings a break. Uh, <laughs> let's. I got one more post, which is a basketball post from our friends at North Carolina. I think we talked earlier. It's been kind of a up and down season for them, kind of a struggle. And I, and I think this was after a loss the other day. I don't remember who they lost to, but their fans were frustrated. They all want Hubert Davis fi- fired. They're sick of their roster. probably after the Duke loss, I'm guessing. They, they lost I think Duke. you're right. Yeah, not too long ago. And it seems like they've just had it. So this poster, Tar Heel Fan for Life 4, says this. He says, I'm not as good as I used to be for sure but I played and started for the team that set the wins record for Gaston County in 2004. We went 28 and two that season. I'm 35 now played in college on scholarship as well as for two years before transferring to UNC to finish. I can say, however, that I would beat every player on our current 
on our team, except for maybe RJ in a three-point shooting contest, and it wouldn't even be close. I still go to the gym multiple times per week and make 13 of 15 from deep or 18 of 20. My junior year of high school, we beat Ashbrook in the Big South Championship game, and the next day the Gaston Gazette had sports title page named after me. Ha-ha, that's my claim to fame. So this guy who had the Gaston Gazette sports title page named after him thinks he could smoke every single one of North Carolina's guys in a three-point shootout. I like the random numbers. Yeah. 13 of 15 or 18 of 20. Yeah, either one. I mean. He goes 13 of 15, he always makes his next five, apparently. (laughs) That's just just numbers. That's math. That's how that works. Yep, that's a law of averages. That's how it works. But he might, does he does he have a point though? I mean, I looked up North Carolina. They're they are pretty terrible shooting from three. I, it looks take, like they take terrible like, shots. I mean, Love, Caleb Love takes awful, awful shots. He's probably shooting what like thirty percent from the from three, maybe. The, as a team, they shoot thirty point eight percent from the three point line. That's yeah. That's ranked like three hundred and twenty seventh in the country. Yeah, so it's partially a shot selection thing. And also you got some teams in the ACC who play defense. I'm, I'm sure this guy's getting D'd up when he's hitting 18 of 20 from deep when he's at the YMCA. At the are, YMCA. You tell, are you telling me that in Ga- Gaston County they don't play defense? Yeah, I mean, Gaston like, County is known for their defense. Like I could shoot it back in the day. You know what I mean? Like I could probably still go out and just, you know, warm up and hit probably half of my threes unguarded. That's a little bit different from right. playing with somebody guarding you. How many guys from Gaston County did you play against, though? Uh, well, <laughs> I that's did a not good point. Exactly. Which I don't, what does that mean? The sports page named after me. Like, that just mean his name was in the, on the sports page. I love I the fact that it's a name sports pages after. Right. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> I was just called a sports page. Right. This, this has to be another message board guy, right? The, the guy that peaked way too early in life and has to make sure that he told everybody about his, his peaking? Yeah, we're going to call these the Al Bundys, right? The, uh... <laughs> or the, the Uncle Ricos. I scored 26 points on Al Harrington back in CYO basketball. But the caveat is I was in eighth grade, he was in fifth, and he was playing <laughs> Just leave that part out. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, because that sounded awesome up until the last. Yeah, you part. say, look, I dominated yeah. Al Harrington. He was still six one at, at, in fifth grade, but oh, and, crap. And was he really? I think he put thirty four or so on me, but still, he didn't play much defense even back then. Um, yeah, this this guy definitely still wears his Letterman jacket and you know class ring out to the bars, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's weird that he didn't post his shooting percentage when if he played in college, right? You would think he's got stats somewhere that you know you can find all that stuff on the internet. I'm yeah. I'm curious what he shot from uh, from three during his his two years on scholarship. I'm, I'm guessing ninety percent. So <laughs> that's it's that's always, what the math works out to. Right? <laughs> it's always amazing to me how undervalued like these D one players are. I don't think people realize that any the worst. The last guy on a D1 bench could walk into any gym in the country and absolutely smoke everybody. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, including guys from Gaston County. 
I know. That's pushing it a little bit. I feel like the Gaston County is going to become a recurring joke. <laughs> you hear about Rucker, but no one ever talks about Gaston County. That's where <laughs> Rucker Park, Gaston County. <laughs> That's Those... where the real stars are born. Gaston That's County. Where the shooters. That's where the shooters come from. <laughs> exactly. And the defenders, of course. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, guys, that's all I brought for us today. All right. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Losers.